0: Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So you're gonna need your Bibles over this series. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning and uh, the series called Gifted. And uh, you know, the, the reality is everyone a, anyone born again anyone confess their faith in Jesus Christ, ask for the forgiveness of their sin. Amen. Well, you know this morning, because of that, the reality of that is that that God has invested into you gifts. Everyone say gifts. You have supernatural gifts that God has given each believer. In fact, it says in the book of Ephesians, when he ascended on high, that is, Jesus was ascending from earth into heaven, the Bible says that he gave gifts to men. And women, just to make sure that that's all right with all the ladies. Gave gifts to men and women. And uh, the reality is that we want to we really, I think, through this, this series, really just stir our hearts and stir our faith to the reality that God has placed supernatural enablings on the inside of each one of us. Now, I know as I say that this morning, there'll be a number of us... Oh, I can feel my abs. There'll be a number of us... Just joking. Just joking. There'll be a number of us that will be here thinking this morning, no, that can't be true. I, yes, Shane, look, I'm, I know I, tr- I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm going to heaven. But this whole idea about me having a supernatural enabling, the, a gift of the Holy Spirit that's residing on the inside of me, it's just a little bit too much for me to believe. Well, I want to encourage you this morning that what we're talking about is not just too much to believe. It's absolutely scriptural. And we're going to go to the Scripture over the coming weeks and begin to look at and understand the importance and the purpose of spiritual gifts, the gifts that God has given us. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. He's the same Holy Spirit that was there in the book of Genesis in Genesis chapter 1 when, when God was creating and shaping and fashioning the earth. He's the ha- same Holy Spirit that was there in the book of Acts chapter 2 I think it was when the Holy Spirit was poured out on that great day of Pentecost and the disciples started praying in tongues and were so moved and He's the same Holy Spirit in the book of Acts in chapters 3, 4, 5 and 6 where just miracles, signs and wonders took place. I believe He's the same Holy Spirit from, from the paper of history to the same Holy Spirit that he is today he's still in the business of wanting to enable and to pour out himself supernaturally through us as believers and the purpose of that is to see the body of Christ built up edified and made all that God's intended it to be and for the world to be to be to be impacted by the working of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit amen So I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe that His purpose and His ministry has not changed. I believe that God's called us to be a New Testament church. Amen and when i look at the pages of the new testament church in the book of acts and when we look through the epistles and the other uh, writings on the church i believe that the church is a supernatural church that we're not we're not just meant to come to church on sunday and sing some songs and 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 preach and the preacher spits and does all that sort of stuff no i believe that we're meant to be meant to be aware of the fact that the same spirit that raised jesus christ from the dead dwells in our mortal bodies amen the same spirit that cross that Raise Christ from the dead dwells within each one of us and there is a dunamis power there is an anointing from God there is there is a power working on the inside of us that is greater than any of us could ever imagine or think or hope but the reality is we've got to become aware of that and understand that God wants to use us God wants to use us in not just natural ways but I believe that God wants to use us in supernatural ways so I believe wholeheartedly in the in, in the work and the workings of the Holy Spirit. I believe wholeheartedly as well in the ministry of the of the Holy Spirit through the gifts of the Spirit that God intends to pour out on His church. So this morning, if we're going to see the gifts of the Spirit flow regularly in our meetings, then we need to understand their purpose uh, and their operation. So over the next coming weeks, we're going to, going to begin a, a new series of messages, taking a fairly in-depth look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be focusing over the next, few weeks on the book of Corinthians 1st Corinthians chapters 12 chapters 13 and chapters 14 is that all right with everyone as we begin I won't get through it all this morning but we'll do our very best so in chapter 12 we're going to look at this morning the origin and the purpose of the gifts of the spirit Then chapters 13, we're going to look at the motivation. We know that chapter there, it's the love chapter. And then in chapter 14, we're going to be looking at the operation of the gifts of the Spirit and how they work. But I want to start this morning by setting the scene. Let's start by setting the scene. We're looking at Paul writing to the Corinthians church in the first book of Corinthians and chapter 12 in particular. And we don't know who... Or how Paul was contacted by. But obviously Paul was contacted by either an elder in the Corinthian church. By letter or by person. Because when we read Paul's letter to the Corinthian church, we see in this church that there was an abuse, a a misuse, and an overuse of speaking in tongues. The Corinthian church, the believers, had equated their spirituality totally with speaking in tongues. Everyone was jabbering in the gift of tongues, and as a result, there was unbridled, disorderly, and somewhat an ignorant expression of tongues. Tongues is a great thing. And we got a learning in the, the... 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians, we're going to learn that tongues is a great thing. It's a gift that we get when we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and we have the opportunity to be able to worship God in our private worship and sometimes in our corporate worship. But the Corinthian church had taken the gift of tongues and that was the only gift that they were now focusing on. They would have a service and from front to left to, to front to back, from right to left, all that they would, they would just be jabbering, jabbering on and on and on. I mean, the church was it totally disarray it was totally unorganized and totally out of whack with the work and the direction of the holy spirit so in in in, in chapter 12 of first corinthians paul begins to address the corinthian church to make them aware of the purpose and the power of the gifts of the holy spirit everyone say it. gifts of the holy spirit do you believe that you are a part of a supernatural church today We are a part of a supernatural church. So the first thing that we draw out of Paul's teaching to the Corinthians church is this. We find it in verses 1 through to 3. It should be up on the screen there. And this is the first thing that Paul tries to bring balance to. Number one is this, that we are not to be ignorant of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In verse 1 he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that. You were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however, you were led. But listen to that first thing there. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. Say ignorant with me, if you would. I think that there is so much ignorance in the church today around the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in and through a believer's life. I do. I think without exception. It's the missing it's the missing thing. It's the it's the, it's, the, it's the it's the it's the lost revelation, it's the it's the it's the part of the paradigm that, that that we seem to have lost for the fact that the Holy Spirit is alive and he wants to work through us in supernatural ways. Doesn't he? without exception. But the first thing that Paul says to the Corinthians church is that I don't want you to be ignorant in relation to spiritual gifts. So the thought is this, ignorant of what specifically? Paul does not want the Corinthians to be ignorant of the things of the Spirit. Listen to it this morning. Paul doesn't want the Corinthian church to be ignorant of the things of the Spirit. Basically, he's saying this, I don't want you to be uninformed or unaware. I don't want you to have a half truth or a misguided truth. I want you to have correct, or excuse me, I want you to have a correct and not a misunderstanding of the things of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. And I want to bring to you clarity and make your knowledge or increase your knowledge on the things of the Spirit. And the thought is this what does it mean to be ignorant? To be ignorant means basically this it means to be ill equipped. To be ignorant is not to realize the spiritual potential of the life and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It means to limit the potential of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. The reality is this. If we come to church on a Sunday and we have no expectation in our heart and we have no no understanding the fact that we could come to church one Sunday with an open heart that says, Holy Spirit, I'm here this morning as I prayed this morning from my heart today. Holy Spirit, I'm here. Please use me today. Touch me in some way. I mean, we could come into a service like that and you might find that God will actually use you. He will. There are a couple of prophetic words today that took place. I'm sure that they didn't wake up this morning and get out the cornflakes box and write it down on the back of the cornflakes box. I believe that it was just a a manifest expression, expresso, expression. I'm feeling my abs again. Expression. (laughs) Manifest expression of the Holy Spirit moving to edify the body this morning. I felt edified after I heard those words of prophetic utterance this morning. What was that taking place this morning? That was the Holy Spirit moving through people that had an open heart to him this morning. Amen. But God, please let our whole church be like that. Let every person that comes in that door on a Sunday morning be like that. Let every person that leaves this this church on a Sunday be like that. That when we're out there during the week, we're not ignorant of the fact of the spiritual gifts within us, but we are aware of that and informed about that and open to the idea that God, the Holy Spirit might choose to use us at any given time that He so chooses. That He so chooses. To remain in ignorance would mean to limit the potential of ministry to and through our local church. To remain in ignorance would ultimately mean that the potential of the Holy Spirit's life, power, and activity would be minimized. And I think this this morning Paul's writings are just as important today to us as they were when he was speaking to the corinthians church amen recognize that the spirit still desires to manifest his presence among us no hunger no expectation no revelation no outworking if we come to church and we're wet wood the holy spirit's not able to spark a spark on us amen But we need to get a revelation of the fact that God wants to pour out His Spirit through us and in us. Amen. Recognize that the Spirit still desires to manifest His presence among us. He still desires to use us. He desires to flow through us. Amen. And the Corinthian church had taken the gifts of the Holy Spirit and brought them down to one thing and one thing only, the gift of tongues. Paul was saying, hey, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be ignorant of that. Don't be ignorant of, excuse me, don't be ignorant of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There is so much more than you just jabbering in tongues. And Paul went on to speak about the second thing, and the second thought is this. The first thing he challenged them on is not to be ignorant of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The second thing was this, the diversity of the gifts and the source of their power. Listen to it in verses 4 through to 6 of 1 Corinthians 12. It says there are diversity of gifts but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And there are diversity of activities, but as the same God who works all in all. Listen to verse 4. There are different types of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ways in which the Spirit manifests His power and presence through people to minister to people. He's not limited, the Holy Spirit, and He wants to stir our heart and our faith to the truth that He wants to use us. Amen. But this can be the wrong perception that many in the church have today, because often we think that within the church there's the minister, as the, there's the minister and the minister alone. No, we are the body of Jesus Christ. We are all ministers of the same covenant. I thought that was better than you just going, yeah, nodding your head. We are all called as ministers of this new covenant. Yes, I'm called as a pastor and that's my role and part of what I do. But every one of us is just as important as I am in the role that God has given me. Amen. Just as important as every other person. But often we think of ministry as this. We think, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is moving and this is the only way we have a wrong perception. We see one of the team gets up here on a Sunday and we have an older call and we, we prophesy and we move under the unction, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to prophesy. You know that he does that sometimes. Amen. Just out of the blue, the Holy Spirit will go, poof, pop it on someone. An anointing to prophesy. It's, it's just not so much their gift, but it's just at that time, the Holy Spirit chooses to anoint someone to prophesy. So he comes along and goes, poof, there's the anointing to prophesy. What's that person do? He, she or, he or she, they start prophesying. It's not them. It's the Holy Spirit working through them. That's how it works. I mean, But our perception could be it's just the big people up the front. That's ridiculous. So you could be in a service right now and the Lord might want to pour out His, His presence, the gift of the Holy Spirit, through, through an act of um, um, mercy or something like that. You could be sitting here right now and the Lord puts someone on your heart or on your mind and, and that's the Holy Spirit ministering. Yeah. You could be here this morning and the Lord's given you a word for someone. You're going to get out there in that car park and you're going to say, hey, look, would you mind? I've got a word. That's the working of the Holy Spirit. See, that's the body ministering to one another. And that's God's intention, Jenny, isn't it? That we all minister to one another out of the unction and out of the manifestation of the spirit of God within us as he chooses hallelujah as he chooses you know the scripture says we'll look at in a few weeks time in first corinthians chapter 14 that we all can prophesy Woo! we all can prophesy hallelujah come on up here now just joking you would too but it says that you you can could, you could all prophesy one after another. Now, what do you mean by thats that? Isn't it, aren't we supposed to have a, a gift of prophecy called the prophet of the Lord in Shell Harbour Community Church? The prophet... No, that's ridiculous stuff, amen. Yes, there are some people that have been given a particular gift for prophecy, amen. That's the gift living on the inside of them, amen. But the manifest gift of prophecy is just when the Holy Spirit chooses to give someone a word. That doesn't make David a prophet as such. It just means that David's open to the Holy Spirit working through him and he can prophesy to someone in the body and bring edification, exhortation and encouragement to them. You get the picture this morning. That's how the Holy Spirit works this morning. We don't need to be ignorant of that, but we need to be open open to that fact that he wants to use us amen so prophesy if you've got a word for someone it's quite simple it's the three e's exhortation edification and encouragement if it doesn't fit within the three e's then don't say it my father used to say if you haven't got anything nice to say don't say anything at all oh i felt the lord telling me to tell you that you know (laughs) worms are going to grow out of your armpits because how ridiculous is that that's crazy stuff. That's just religious rubbish. We don't have that in our church here. Not at all. We have edifying, exhorting, encouraging words of life. Amen. So come on, church, this morning. Let's believe together that the Holy Spirit wants to use us. Even, we might even think that we're, we're not that spiritual and we might think that we're not that, that um, great and all those sorts of things. Listen, I've found that all that you need to have is just simply an open heart to God. Say, so, Lord, if you want to use me, please, here I am. Amen. Yeah. And you might be, just, might be surprised what God does with a prayer like that. Same power that raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in your mortal body. Don't limit God to how you've seen him move before. Don't limit God to how you've seen him flow through you or through others. Don't limit God on how you've seen him use you before. Be open and Be bold. So verse 4 says there are different types of gifts with the same Spirit. And verse 5 teaches that the gifts are given as a way to serve. Verse 5 says there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Don't you love that this morning? There's a diversity in the ways the Spirit may manifest the gifts through our lives, but our hearts must be one of a servant. Listen to this thought. If we want to see the Holy Spirit uh, to use us, then our motivation must be that of a servant. Amen? I love our local church here. You do too, Suzanne. Don't you love our local church here? Are we perfect? Not in any stretch of the imagination. Have we got it all together? Not in any stretch of the imagination. Have we got it all worked out? No. Have we got a long way to go? Yes. But at the end of the day, we are committed to loving one another. And the more that we continue to commit to loving one another, the more that we commit to being open to the Holy Spirit, understanding that we've been called to be a vessel of His, His life and His, His uh, uh, anointing to other people, then the more that the Holy Spirit is going to flow, amen, to our role. Thank you, darling. So our role is coming here on a Sunday morning, being open to God, but really saying, "I'm not coming to church this morning. I'm coming to be with family this morning." Amen. We're a strange family. <laughs> We're all so different. If you just check out my family, there's five sisters and four sisters and one brother. You can tell cooks, amen. They've all got the same sort of nose. You can just tell, cooks, there's just... But you look at our family, we're all so different. I mean, Jay over there, Jay would be the best-looking man in the church. Every time I see him, I tell him, I say, you're the best-looking man I've seen. I've got to say that in the right way, of course. Yeah, just (laughs) admiring his, his hair. I love his hair. He's just got such awesome hair. I love it. But coming, not to church, but coming as a family. You see, the Holy Spirit moves in that atmosphere of love yeah, amen. he's attracted to that mm. the last part we'll finish in a moment i think i'll get through the last part we'll finish we we see that the last um, um i won't I'll, I'll keep it for the last part it's probably better isn't it peter keeping the last part for the last part <laughs> hmm. you getting anything this morning So listen to what it says here. This this is the word. Say the word with me. It's the word. Philippians 2.3 three says, "Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself." Wow, what a challenge! But that's love. That's 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 kingdom. That's Christ, isn't it? That's Christ. Amen. So verse number five teaches the gifts are given as a way to serve. Verse six then goes on to teach that the energizing power of the gifts of God himself. Verse six says there are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Ultimately, God is the energizing source of power behind each of them. The demonstration comes from God. The revelation comes from God. The illumination comes from God. The manifestation comes from God. The power of God's Spirit is unlimited. He is able to change lives. He's able to transform relationships. He's able to heal bodies. It's all about the Holy Spirit working through us. He can do all that through us. Amen. He can do all that through us. So verse 5 teaches that the gifts, Paul talking to the Corinthian church, the gifts are given as a way to serve. In verse 6 he goes on to say he teaches the energizing power of the gifts are from God and God himself. And then the third big thought this morning is this, the gifts are given to build the local church. Paul now turns his attention to the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit. Verse 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. You like that this morning, the common good. We're almost done this morning. Potentially, every spirit filled believer can be used to each one. Listen to what it says there it says, To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? For what? For the common good. Note that Paul says there, the Spirit manifests these gifts through whomever he chooses. They're not strictly imparted or bestowed, but they're manifest. The word translated um, manifestation means a shining forth. Don't you love that? At any point of time, the Holy Spirit could choose someone to manifest a gift through us. That's not boring stuff. That's awesome stuff, Matt, isn't it? That's the stuff that dreams are made of. Glory to God. I could be at any point of time the answer to God to someone in this building. Amen. I could be at any point of time in my street or community the answer of God to them. If I'm just open, if I just have that understanding that the Holy Spirit chooses to manifest himself to someone or through someone for the common good of all. I love that. Darling, of course you can. We, we need to what? We need to be natural with the supernatural. I agree. Oh, she's lovely. She is. How old are you, dear? 82. I want to be like you at 82. And your beautiful sister, of course. <laughs> the express purpose for the manifestation of the gifts. They are given for the whole body. The gifts are given so that all believers may be ministered to to have their needs met, lives changed in the building of the local church. But listen to this thought again and again. Paul brings the Corinthians church back to the good of the church and the community, not the personal selfish benefit of the individual. I've seen them. We've all seen them. The superheroes that just, you know, I've got a word from the Lord. You can tell straight away it's all about them. It's just me. Hey, look! I can prophesy. So what? Your prophecy's worth nothing, but unless you love, I don't, don't give me a prophecy unless you love. Don't pray for me to heal me unless you love. But we've all seen the superstars, you know. God using me? No, 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 no. Let's just be natural and supernatural at the same time. Amen. <laughs> I love that. To illustrate the diversity of the Spirit's activities, manifestations of the church, Paul then goes on to list nine ways the Spirit manifests himself in the Christian assembly. I won't read them this morning because I'm just about out of time, but it's in verses 8 to 10, and he lists nine of the gifts of the Spirit there in which the Holy Spirit may choose at any time to move through someone. Amen. It's worth noting this morning, after listing these, Paul repeats himself, but with a slightly different emphasis. In verse 11, it says this, And all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives to each one of them just as he determines. It's as he wills, the Holy Spirit. It's as he determines. The Spirit chooses who he will use. The Spirit chooses who he will minister to. But the application for us as people is this. We must make ourselves available, and we must make room for the Holy Spirit. Amen? Um, Oh, look, I probably should just do the last five minutes, yes? All right. Last little, thought, last little thought out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Fourth thought is this. The diversity of the gifts, but unity in the body. Listen to what we discover about the body from verses 21 to 27. If I could have it up on the screen there, that would be great. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Don't you love that? He's astounding. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head, to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. Don't you love the humility in our Father and his kingdom? And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given give a greater honor to the part which lacks it. I draw a few thoughts out of that. Number one, the first thought is this about the body, that there are no unnecessary members. We are all so important in the body of Christ. Don't you ever, for one moment, not think that you are a vital and important part of the body of Christ. Why? Because God set you into his body Whether it's this local church or whatever local church it is that you've been called to, God has set you in that church and you are so necessary. The second thought that we bring out of there, as members of the church we should respect each other's gift and then uh, play a part in, in the life of each other in the church. Third thought, each member has a distinctive place to function in the body. No one can do what the other is designed to do. I can't song lead. but I'm so thankful that Lisa can. Lisa doesn't want to be like me. I can't be like Lisa. But we've got to acknowledge the need that we have for one another, but also the distinctive flavor and gift that we bring to the church as well. It says there, the, 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 uh, anyway, I'll move on. Number four, all members, whether strong or weak, whether up front or behind the scenes, whether seemingly important or seemingly unimportant, are necessary for all the effective operation and the body and the growth of the body. You know, the thought about the, 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 the whole thing about the platform on a Sunday, unfortunately, this is just one platform in which people see people serving the Lord. But there's a, there's a, a myriad. There's a, platea- uh, what's the word? Plus plus plath- plath- there's a plethora of activity that goes on. <laughs> plethora. Plethora. I'm going to have a plethora of salad this afternoon. You get the picture, though? You just see this part on a Sunday. But Monday through to Saturday, you couldn't believe the other stuff that goes on. Amen. It's just awesome. So we should never just get caught up on, well, you know, what people do up on this platform. It's good, but it's only a little part. Thank God for everyone else that just plays their part. And verse 27 says this. If I could just have the keyboard come up this morning, that would be the pianist come up this morning. The keyboard's already there. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Not doing too good today, Alex. Hey. <laughs> yes, here's my keyboard. Thank <laughs> <My keyboard>. you <laughs> my keyboard. No, not good. Not good at all. Wow. Thank you. Pianist. Verse twenty seven. I love this bit. Everybody has a part to play. I don't know how you see yourself this morning, but God sees you so, so important to seeing His plan for this church and community to come to pass. He sees you as so important to that. And we as people should never, ever discount the fact That we didn't choose him. He chose us. He chose us. But the last thought, and I believe this is where where we said before we were going to conclude. Paul says in um, verses 24 and 25, he says that there must be no schism in the body. Another word for that is division or discrimination. I looked at that word there schism some of the words that came back as I looked at them division, split, rift breach, rupture, break separation, severance estrangement, alienation a whole stack of words that really define that word schism and Paul says that there should be no schism in the body the Holy Spirit's power is released in unity or quenched in disunity isn't it? And I thank God that we continue over the years. We have continued to continue to, to, to push back any sense of division as a local church. So I thank God for a, for a mature family that continues to come together whenever there may be strife or disunity that might want to try and raise its ugly head, that we as a family come together and say, no, there is a bigger picture at stake here. It's the body of Christ. Amen. I'm so thankful to God for you as a church and your commitment to unity. But Paul said there is no should be no schism in the body because disunity will quench the work of the Holy Spirit. Next week as we begin, we come together, we're going to be finishing. we're going to be starting with verses 27 to 31 and then going into the motivation of the gifts. We just thought we'd finish this morning. What we've learned, we must not be ignorant about the gifts of God. We must realize that they are real. And the Holy Spirit wants to minister through us. The second thing that we've learned, there are diversity of different gifts. We just can't box in what the Holy Spirit might want to do through us at any time. The gifts are given. The third thing that we've learned, the gifts are given to build up the church. And number four, as a church, God calls us to unity and to love. Amen. Let's pray this morning together. Father, thank you this morning for your word thank you for the pages and the pictures that we have in scripture Father we thank you for your view of the church today that you have given us the gift of the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit so desires to want to minister through us as vessels to reach out to those that are around us. Lord, we don't even know the amount of people that you might want to encourage today through us. But Lord, we take on hand today that thought. We take on that thought this morning that, Lord, as we just open up our hearts to you, just quietly as we're talking with each other, or we're just in the cafe or wherever it is, Lord, let us understand that you choose to use us to edify, to encourage, to exhort your body, to bring healing, to bring wisdom, to bring the miraculous, whatever it is you choose, Lord. We just open up our hearts to you this morning. Friends, While well, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're here this morning, you have not received Jesus Christ as your Savior. You have not asked him to forgive you of your sin. You have not received yet that great gift of salvation. The Bible teaches us without Jesus Christ, we are separate from God. We can do all that we want. We can try and live good lives. We can try and be good people. But without That free gift of salvation without asking Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sin. The Bible teaches us there is a continual chasm between us and God. If you're here this morning, you've never asked Jesus Christ personally. I said personally this morning because you might be here this morning and you're living off the faith of someone else. No, between you and God this morning, have you asked him to forgive you? Have you asked him to be your savior and your Lord and your master? While every head's bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning. Simply raise your hand and say, yes, Shane, I would like to ask Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. I would like to ask him today to forgive me. So, friends, while heads are closed, eyes are bowed. No one's looking around. This is just between you and God. If you're here this morning, you need to ask him for forgiveness. Would you raise your hand right now? If that's you, just quickly, wherever you are seated, we would love to lead you in a prayer. We would love to encourage you. Just quickly, as I look across the building this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just one more time before we conclude today. If you're here and you know you're not right with God, you have an opportunity now to be right with God, would you raise your hand quickly, quickly, quickly? Thank you, Jesus.